Well, Rick, now we are doing that recording thing. And um, <laughs> hello, everyone. This is Voice Club. I'm Tim Adlin, and I'm here with Rick Goblin. And Rick, it so, is a pleasure. Yeah, that's yeah, up, man. <laughs> for me too, as well. Yeah, it's cool. It's good. <laughs> it's good. You know, our time is short, and so I'm going to try and jump to a question that hard to pose actually to get the intent right and to make it short okay well you know we can uh, work with uh, how it comes out until it's really what choice do we have intent? yeah what bloody choice do we have <laughs> eh? if we're trying to do this okay so Gotta start somewhere <laughs> so so you might say that the past is something we can learn from and the present is something to live and the future is something to love if we want to move forward healthily. I mean, you could say a whole lot of other things as well, of course. And there's something that can happen when someone's in the process of trying to learn from the past that prevents them from doing so. We, we, get, sort of, we get sort of locked, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I think you are a man who may be able to talk to that in a, in a rather interesting way. I think that there's been a way where, well, I'll certainly try. To <laughs> yeah. Better still now, mate. It's, it's all fucking bollocks from here. Well, I think that the blocks that we have to learning from our mistakes, they're a lot about you know, self-criticism and self-hatred and perfectionism. and the, Or there's something that will make people realize an emotional uh, aspect of it that there needs to be... Uh, a change or that there needs to be a new truth there's something about growth that needs to happen that's postponed or resisted that i was a master of resistance mm. from my early lsd trips and had very very difficult LSD lsd trips and mm-hmm. would just hold on and wouldn't let go and wouldn't learn and just wasn't capable of it and i had a series of trips my first year of college which eventually led me to you know, go to the guidance counselor and learn about Stan Groff was to just take it, to try to have whatever I heard about this mystical unit of experience. I wanted to know the truth. I wanted to mm-hmm. have a different understanding. I want to get out of being confused. And I would have these very strong trips. A lot of stuff would happen. I'd have these different emotions, but then I would, I'd still be like I, in a way, and I would have a difficult time um, letting things happen. I would end up resisting and I would feel just incredible friction of my brain and that it was mm-hmm. me doing it. And that It was fear? It was, it was um, for me, it was like even the emotional circuits. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the capacity. These were strong emotions, and I hadn't built up even my capacity to right. like, like a do? lightning rod. Or, what I think. do you do? And so I think that um, there's a lot of different ways that people get blocked, and there are some ways that we're learning about how to unblock if people are willing to do it. And it's not just about the drug. I think that's very important to say that it's drug assisted or other drugs but it's mdma assisted psychotherapy for ptsd Um, but there's a voluntary part where the people are ultimately healing themselves and they have to choose to do so and choose to face things and and so has to be voluntary right some important thing it has to come from the individual yeah so we have a not i mean a very just to give you an example we don't ever hand MDMA to somebody right you know we put it down and they have to take it themselves from the very start and so it's um, their own inner wisdom that we're helping them with and they have to make these decisions and come to feel certain things and and so once people recognize that too that it's not so automatic take a pill and something happens that you have to make it happen and own it 
people can find less punitive ways to relate to self-criticism or they can be more self-loving and forgiving and just have a kind of relaxation. I mean, this Rabbi Zalman Shachter described MDMA as a delight like the Sabbath. Right. You know, a relax. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. I mean, there's something about the relationship to light mm. that... Mm. So, I mean, with respect to motivation, it's something in front of you. You know, it's something to move towards, right? But it's, but it's also something that, that, well, yes, I mean, imagine if you're in a cave and, and it's, uh, okay, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah, morning. Yeah, you need to yeah. go out there into the day, yeah. right? I mean, it's also, a, you know, a mythological motif, you know, yeah. that the sun being consciousness, consciousness and, and things like this. It, but it's a, it's a primal thing. And, and I think sometimes in, in a certain mystical yeah. experiences you can have, there is also... The movement towards something, you know, mm. sometimes, but 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 more generally, it's important to set goals, you know, and mm. and uh, there's an interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, Eisenhower, the general Eisenhower mm. being president, he has a saying that uh, planning is everything, plans are nothing. Mm. You know, have you have to set mm. your goals, but there's so many, you know plans that you make that keep getting um, thwarted by reality or changed. No, absolutely. And absolutely. But the thing is, you have to make the plans in order to then judge whether or not things are cohering with them. Right. And the thing is, where does that, where does the ability to set those goals come from? Now, I actually think, I actually think, Rick, that it comes from a place that blurs the line between the psychological and the metaphysical. Mm. If you take certain things into account. Um, I, I, I th- well, I feel that the um, impetus for me to study psychedelics comes from multiple generations behind me who were killed, killed in the Holocaust and in other ways. So that if that's what you mean, that the goal comes from life that happened before I was even born. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, we are we are creatures with a history. We've yeah, evolved over yeah. a very long time, and and yeah. you might think that what also moves other beings forward into life is is in some sense the same essence that gives us that capacity as well now in our lives right now we can use many other words to talk about things that are meaningful and things to do but but there is something i think really essential about this this sort of a will to movement or a will to life is philosophical ideas but you know in order to set goals sometimes i feel you have to figure out where you are and also where you've been Mm -hmm. and i guess with mdma we well how would you describe the experience of mdma Mm. Mm. in in that way that allows you to not only just accept what you are now but to what to to deal with the past how do you even yeah here's a okay mdma is like a deep breath and it helps you to think clearly to the ways in which our fears block our thinking we don't want to think certain things we don't want to think that the ice can actually be melting and we could be changing the climate of the earth, you know? And so we have people that reject it with climate change denial and, mm-hmm. you know, how can they, how, how is that? This is the earth calling, by the way. This is... This is Rita. <laughs> Hi, Rita. <laughs> oh, great. Can you come out? We're out in the back. Okay. We will. Well, not not quite yet. Okay. Okay. Rick, that news better have been extremely important. (laughs) Rita is showing up. (laughs) So then, I guess, 
I guess, uh, MDMA as a deep breath. Yeah, and that by helping calm the emotions, you can think more clearly. So one of the veterans that was in our study was long PTSD after friends were killed and wounded in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And he described the healing from um, a medium dose of 75 milligrams with this idea that he, he came to the realization that the PTSD was his way of staying connected with his friends who'd been killed. Mm. And this was a sign of loyalty. Mm. This was, um, it wasn't, and, and, but then he looked at it from their point of view and he said, these people are dead. They wouldn't want me to suffer. They can't live. They would want me to live for them. And he said, now what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And in that moment, he healed himself from PTSD. Mm. And there was just this... (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Well, thank God we're not trying to save the world, hey? Okay, because we keep Uh, on... Well, we are, we are. But we we don't have to do it all ourselves, that's for sure. Jesus Christ. Well, I don't think anyone could. But at the same time, (laughs) there's there's this strange thing that every individual is an individual and they're responsible for themselves, you know? And so in that sense... There is that ultimate responsibility, right? Yeah, that's very scary, actually. And But it's about finding your point of leverage. Like, yeah, who are you? Knowing your past, as you're saying, knowing what's the current situation and where can you make a, a contribution that uses your abilities and what the world needs in some kind of pattern. And Yes. Um, you know, there was something about how... Um, I thought a lot of people would actually see psychedelics as a solution. Hmm. Um, and... You know, uh, eventually it's turned out that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, they certainly can be. They can be remarkable solutions for an, and for lots of people with with and about problems that are so fundamental and and uh, important to all of us, which is really quite interesting. And I, I I think the title Beyond Psychedelics I've come to understand it's about you know what do we do with them? Absolutely. How do they help us move beyond those moments into our integration into our daily life into our choices in the world yes absolutely i think that's a great intention as a message and the thing is of course the experience you have on psychedelics is at least in big part a product of the life you've been living and what you've been doing and who you are now we might talk about fundamental themes we all go through right and and that's and that's true but the specifics of how they manifest like the particulars you know it's obviously continuous with the life you're living and also where you're already aiming and that's and that's the well, it has to be that way for them to be useful and important. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it would be an, just some strange escape with no relevance to the world. But of course, it is deeply relevant mm-hmm. uh, to the world, but also something that my word it requires a certain, it's a certain kind of serious attitude. It's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not as though you, yeah. there, there isn't still the lightness and fun and these different things, but these are powerful things. And um, yeah. yeah. And, and also, though, there's, also, there's so many different ways to help. I, I mean, people can, you know, something simple <laughs> and yeah. um and that's doing good that's moving things forward and yeah um o- over time you see what's right for you or yeah yeah my um son and daughter have both graduated college Beautiful. just uh this last month oh that's awesome and so they're both in this like you know how do you choose what you do yeah jesus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please. Yeah, that question. The existential question. Damn, college is over. Hey. <laughs> Look, th- at least at least the question, the question is good. The question is an important way. Oh, there. it's the crucial one, yeah. Because but but you can find it out the answers you might not get in some blinding flash, you know, no. you might 
Well, you it, might. I suppose it. I suppose it could happen, and of course, inspiration strikes. If if you're doing anything yeah, yeah. creative, there are lots of different little things you do, and you take action on them, and you do them. So the inspiration yeah. striking is something yeah. we can all relate to. However, the problem is, mm. sometimes that life is so complicated mm. that uh, you know you really have to step out there into the world and see what works and what doesn't before yeah. you can be totally sure. And so, for anything complicated, it's it's an effort that you obviously have to stick at for a long time, yeah. and that's something yeah. obviously that you've been able to do. So incredibly yeah. well, which is yeah. very, um, it's very impressive fundamentally. I've had the um, um, good fortune to see something change over. So in 1990 is when we first started working with the Veterans Administration to try to interest them in MDMA for mm -hmm. PTSD. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we kept being rejected and rejected and rejected. It was, um, it was at the San, Fr it, was, it was at a particular VA. Mm -hmm. And then just last year, we were, um, you know, our, our, our study is finally going to be um, conducted inside someone who's affiliated with the VA in a way, but who's um, head of a major department of psychiatry. And so he finally said yes to MDMA research, but it was the same one that said no in 1990. Mm. So it's, you know, 27 mm. years Jesus. to see somebody initially fearful and resistant. Yep. And I think the thing to say is that um, it doesn't seem that long, you know, that's not a really very long time. It is no, a long time, but it's like it's a, a frame of reference, right? Yeah. So. I think that, you know, if you can even see change in your own lifetime, you're lucky. You're just born at the right time. And it's very fortunate in terms of trends and yeah, stuff. But sure. I think for people to choose, it's like, um, yeah, I think you have long-term plans. I mean, you can have goals that are really long-term and, and then you, you know, develop little, um, efforts along the way to do pieces of that totally so. totally i have a i have a friend of mine a wonderful man named neville christie and he'll sometimes say if you're going to rome sometimes you need to go through naples and when you're in naples you meet you realize you might need to go to venice <laughs> now, i have no <laughs> geographic knowledge of italy so this could be f going all over the place <laughs> right <laughs> figuratively yeah. all right and, and uh and but you know the point is you can reassess yeah, along the way yeah. and and that's exactly as it as it should be and needs to be because yeah. you don't have all the knowledge yeah. at the beginning and yeah. and and you don't have all the knowledge at the end, but you hopefully yeah. have a little bit more. Um, anyway, but uh, Rick, I know we don't have too long together. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing this time with me. If, if I could ask yeah. you, if I could ask you one question, sure, it would be. Go right ahead, Tim. <laughs> let's think about it. Uh, where are you aiming now? Europe. <laughs> Jesus, all right, we're already here, mate, okay? So you've already hit that target. What, are you going to burrow uh, downwards, okay? You're right in well, the middle. We're in, in the very next few days, if not even potentially today, I haven't even checked, but probably tomorrow or Wednesday, we're going to receive a letter from the European Medicines Agency. Interesting. And it's going to include, this is the results of discussions that have uh, taken place over about six months so far. Mm -hmm. And it's going to include their um, scientific advice for what we need to do for phase three in order to make MDMA into a medicine. Then we need to develop a, um, a protocol and a budget, mm -hmm. and then we need to raise um, probably $8 million, of which I think we have almost a million already. Mm -hmm. And then we need to train about uh, 40 therapists. And then next summer, 2019, I hope we start phase three in Europe, but that's, a rapid timeline and and we will be starting phase three for fda in august okay so that's the organizational aim now 
I suppose another question might be. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's it's I I'm I'm interested in it's going on. Um, yeah. But also, I think it's always interesting to ask. I mean, you probably get asked this all a lot, so it's not particularly valuable. But it's it's helpful to 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 formulate where you're yeah, aiming. Well, you know? I, I like to be updating my thinking. It's always valuable. Well, it's it's uh it is it's uh it's you have to figure out what the hell's going on, Jesus. But okay, so your role in in this is probably quite clear to you in certain respects um, but in others i guess because things are so the world is so complicated and, and dynamic and dynamic and the community psychedelic and otherwise is so large but just taking a psychedelic community it's small in some respects but large yeah. in terms of the different voices in there yeah, yeah even though there are definitely binding features there are different voices people are with different intentions quite different intentions for the world fundamentally yeah. if you were to just let them go off and paint it on some virtual reality page which yeah. which of course some people are trying to do um what what is it that that um, what are the key features of the community or a way to discuss the current state of play and the value associated with the integration of psychedelics into our life and society? What are the fundamental features of how that discussion should happen that you mm. believe mm -hmm. absolutely need to be there and kept vital and alive or are still vital and alive? Well. I'd say respecting the fears and the questions of the other people that you're negotiating, discussing with, mm. you know, the society, the culture, the FDA, the regulators, the EMA, that, that there's, they're coming from a place of wanting certain, um, there's certain kind of requirements. Some are rational, some are not that rational, some are denial of reality, some are really open. There's just a way in which, um, the first part is listening to what the uh, what they're saying mm. and trying to understand what their concerns are, which may be somewhat different than what they express them. Maybe they, they're not always expressing them. So it's to try to understand what their real goals are um, and then try to respond to those questions. So for us, it's been um, the progress we've made with the FDA has been from listening to the FDA and then trying to help them help us. So it's the thing I learned at the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard, getting my master's and PhD, was um, to think of myself, you know, as the, you know, chief of staff to the decision maker. Mm. You know, I mean, you can also mm -hmm. think of yourself as the decision maker, but the idea is that you're trying to present a case as clear and simple as you can, and then as weighted and balanced as that. And that, what I've seen over time is things go from one dose you know the, the consensus sort of of um science and was the one dose of mdma caused serious neurotoxicity which caused important functional consequences which uh, meant that research should be either eliminated or you know struggled with over a long period of time mm. to a place where the risks are generally considered to be um minimal from <laughs> and the, absolutely the benefits so absolutely. i've seen that transition but it's from becoming um the ally and helping people figure that out i mean i i got um i bought the first monkeys for george riccardi to do um studies because i wanted to know the answers um, when that wasn't enough i got myself and friends to go get spinal taps to they could look at our cerebral spinal fluid metabolites and try to prove to us how brain damaged we were yeah so, no incredible i think yeah. there's, a, there's there's so much wisdom in there because it's fundamentally about recognizing that there's a shared yeah. image we all want to be yeah. a part of, right? And so it's a bonding with what is fundamental between all individuals. It's, it's yeah. the humanity. It's what we have to go through. It's understanding that we all have we all have goals and and 
and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's a very valuable message. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Thank you for listening, and really a special thank you to supporters on Patreon who make this possible. The goal is to develop this platform to be the centerpiece of a series of live events, first in Australia, then the world. Online conversations about meaning in society are important, but another piece of the puzzle lies in building a network, a community of individuals who seek to be part of something vital, novel, transformative, but grounded in person. Music, art, spaces designed for getting to know yourself and others, to move towards tension, release, breakthrough. To have that environment platform challenging ideas, strange and powerful people, honest and intelligent thinkers, inspired artists. And for what end? Well, perhaps the eternal end of making the best of what we can, here, in this short time we share together. This will happen, but only if it's worth supporting. And the vision is built on your support. You can support Voice Club on Patreon at patreon.com slash voiceclub. While the best way to stay in contact is by signing up to the mailing list at voiceclub.com. If you have Apple Podcasts, then leave a review. If you can spare the moment and the rating, just scroll down past all the episodes right at the bottom. There's a little review section there. It takes two seconds. It's really helpful. So that would be great if you felt like it was worth doing. Yes, Stay.